Hello and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and retired Air Force Colonel. It's always particularly special when I get the opportunity to have a conversation with one of the 65 living Medal of Honor recipients. Conversations our listeners seem to enjoy as well. So this month, we are extremely honored to have 90-year-old Medal of Honor recipient Colonel Bruce Crandall join us. Colonel Crandall earned the medal in Vietnam in 1965 when he flew 22 helicopter missions to evacuate wounded soldiers and resupply those on the ground during the Vietnam War. I, I, am, I am thrilled to be sitting across the table from the Bruce, uh, Bruce Crandall, but more importantly, I think this interview is really with Huey, your service dog. I understand that. So, but, so thank you for being here with for Huey. For bringing Huey. Yeah, for bringing Huey. So yeah, why the name Huey? I have some theories. After the helicopter. Uh-huh, yeah. And I lost my hearing. My first tour in Vietnam, I led over 900 combat missions. Wow. I, was, I commanded 25 helicopters. And if you saw the movie, We Were Soldiers, uh-huh. uh, Greg Kinnear played me in that movie, and that was the battle, that, the first real battle for helicopters. Yep. And uh, we, uh, uh, I had... Well, it was first cab. I had a company. All of the companies except one were commanded by engineers, oh. and the whole group staff were engineers. We'd been together for 10 years. Wow. And we'd all flown fixed wing and helicopters. So we were the most experienced outfit that ever went into combat. For sure. The general put us together, General Burdett, finest c commander I ever knew, and he said to us, if you stay healthy, I'll keep you together for a year. So he kept the enlisted and the officers together for a year. Wow. And uh, we had all been together in topo and mapping around the world. So all of us were fixed wing and helicopters. That's great. That's, yeah. a, that's really unique. A lot of well, times you're either one or the other. still on active duty. Mm -hmm. And it was the most experienced outfit to ever go into combat. Wow. And uh, you can't beat 10 years. Every one of us had 10 years flying already. Wow. And we'd been in the Arctic. I'd flown floats, skis, and wheels. And I'd flown helicopters in North Africa, Libya. We actually mapped Libya so that the Libyans could get their oil out. Wow. And this oil that they're talking about up in Alaska now, uh -huh. we mapped that in 55. Wow. You're literally all over the map. Oh, yeah. Literally. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's what we did. We were, uh, the engineers had the two largest uh, aviation outfits in the world. We had over 100 pilots in both outfits. Yeah, you, I've, you've seen some good stuff then, huh? Well, it, it, yeah, and that's why my wife had so many addresses. I was going to say, you mentioned that you were married for 54 years and had 53. 54 years and had 53 addresses. Oh, that's a, that's I used to say 53 homes, but many of them were, uh, let's say, a motel waiting to get into housing. <laughs> and, she sounds uh, like she was a very patient woman. I should have bought her a moving company. Oh, that would have been Because she good. was that good at it. Yeah. And I would have made a profit out of it, probably. <laughs> now, when you got skills, you got skills. Yeah. So can you talk to us as a Medal of Honor recipient uh, back in the day in 1965 were the actions that earned you the Medal of Honor? Is that correct? Yes, but I didn't get it for uh, something like 12 years. Really? I, uh, yeah, I refused it. Uh, I refused any upgrade of my award because my wingman, Ed Freeman, 
had been my boss in Panama. And he came out of a battlefield commission in Korea. And he was a captain. And the day the majors list came out, I was on it and he wasn't. Oh, wow. And we were in the same outfit. And he, so I had him shipped to Nicaragua. <laughs> and uh, that way I, I got to be the commander. If you keep the commander, if you keep a commander in that didn't get promoted, he still thinks he's the commander. Ah, and, okay. Uh, All right. Ed, Ed, I loved Ed, but, and then one day I saw him coming in. And, uh, we're getting ready to go to Vietnam, and nobody had told him, and he had been on his retirement assignment in Boise, Idaho, and he walked through my door and said he wanted to serve for, for me if he's going to be in the cab. And uh, I said, well, there's a little problem. And uh, he says, I don't have a problem. I said, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I said, you got to agree to three things. One was two booze, two beers. My pilots don't drink. Okay. If they drink more than two beers, they don't fly. Okay. So you have to be ready to go at any time. Right, right, right. And uh, that was one of the rules, two beers. The second rule was no gambling. Okay. If you gambled, it meant somebody back home was losing money. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't U.S. dollars. It was script in yep. Vietnam. So they would change that every six months or so. And uh, but we would lose money if you if you uh, were had script back home, or if you had it away from the from the post, you, you might not get replacement script for it. Right. And and if people got the wives and the families back home got shortchanged because you didn't feel like script was real money. It was right, monopoly right. money. And, and so I didn't allow any gambling, huh. no booze to speak of. And I, and he couldn't tell anybody he had, he had been my boss. That was the third rule? That was the third rule. Okay. <laughs> I love the guy, but he was called too tall. He he wasn't even supposed to be an aviator because he was too tall to fly. Oh, that was his nickname? Yeah, his nickname was too tall. <laughs> I was Snake. I heard that about you. Are you going to tell us how you earned that nickname? Well, I didn't earn it, but <laughs> we had, uh, when I w went in the outfit, the commander was Ancient Serpent Six. Okay. That was his nickname or call sign? No, that was, a, that was my call sign. Okay. Ancient Serpent Ancient Six. Ancient Serpent Six. Okay. And that, you take the first letter, it makes you an ass. Yeah, sure does. I just saw yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, and I can see an ass painted on the doors of my helicopter, and <laughs> I didn't think that was such a good thing. But one of my warrants painted sixes, snakes coiled in the form of a six. Okay. On each door. I never flew a helicopter that didn't have those doors. Love it. Even the day that we got the award, my wingman and I, Ed changed aircraft three times from being shot up. I changed six. Because they shoot the lead helicopter. Yeah, you know. And if you've got snakes on the door, they shoot them more. <laughs> and uh, and that's stupid, you know. I, but my crew chief loved them. Uh, the the warrant officer that painted them loved them. So everybody, I, I would call ahead. I shot up. I need another aircraft. And they'd have it running. They'd have the doors off. And then they'd take the, jerk the doors off mine. Run them over there. So you could have the snake well, sixes. And well, yeah. Oh, and everybody thought I was flying the same aircraft all day. Uh -huh. and, uh, and of course, I wasn't. Uh, it was six different ones. And, 
Wow. Uh, that, that was a bad day. Yeah. I rescued more than 70 people that day, and my wingman took out about 50, so, so we don't know. So can you, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about what, what mission were you on, and what, how did it all go awry, and how did you go through six aircraft and your wingman three? Well, at 6 in the morning, uh, my wingman and I took off from Pleiku to, to, to Play Me, and that's where, outside of Play Me, was where Moore was with his infantry. Mm -hmm. So we're going there to pick him up and to do the recon. And uh, I rescued 12 guys at night after medevac refused to go. Wow. And my boss told me, don't go unless you're sure you can make it. He's overhead in a helicopter, and he's got Hal Moore with him. And Moore comes up, I don't need a helicopter down in there uh, as a problem. Well, you got 12 guys that are dying. Yep. And there's no no medical facility. How and the medevac get won't go. Yep. So I was going through, and Freeman had gotten wounded that day. And uh, so I was carrying uh, wounded guys down to the hospital through Moore's operation. And uh, I heard all this chatter about I need medevac. And it was Tony Nadal was the company commander, wonderful West Point young, uh -huh. young guy. And Tony uh, was yelling at, uh, cussing him, but nobody would come and get his wounded. And it started during daylight hours. Now this is oh, 11 o'clock at night when I finished. Wow. And, uh, so I went in, went to take the ones to the hospital, dropped them off, and I dropped off my door gunner and my crew chief because I'm going to go straight down into a hole and I, I need that weight. Right. So, so I, I took the guns off and while we're at the hospital unloading those wounded, I got rid of the weight. And I got back up there, and my boss is overhead saying, don't go unless you're sure you can make it. And the other one's saying, I don't need a helicopter down in there. So two people telling you really not to go. Well, the next day I got them both aside separately, and I told them, don't you ever do that to me again. Good for you. If you, you're the boss, you tell me don't go, I won't go. But don't tell me don't go unless I'm sure I can make it, because I'm never sure. Hmm. And if you're getting shot up, you, uh, uh, we had times that we just didn't get back out of the landing zone, and I'd need another aircraft brought in. So it was uh, being the commander of that many, why I could get replacement aircraft. And Ed Freeman uh, was uh, with me all day that day that we, and he deserved the Medal of Honor. But. We weren't going to get it for him, and, and so I refused it. And then Ed wouldn't loan it to me, the twit. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I had him for—he uh, had it for six years or so. Anyhow, Ed uh, got it, and and I was still saying no because I didn't want an influence on his award. I wanted him oh. to be have a the pride. Because it was the best thing ever happened to him. Good. He stopped drinking, and he and uh, he wow. was in Boise, Idaho, and he flew for the Army still in the Interior Department. Wonderful opportunity for him, and he just was so good about uh, the award. And you can't loan it out. I yeah, made a right. joke, but you can't. You you don't yeah. loan it. Nope. Anyhow, he uh, he was quite 
uh, changed. Yeah. Because well, I love that you were lead of the formation, but it sounds like you were a better wingman. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know he was your wingman, but he you had just, he was behind me on every flight. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the army doesn't give awards uh, for yeah. that. We have we have had a lid on second medals since World War One. Mm -hmm. The last there were nineteen of them given before, and one in at the beginning of World War One. So they've. They won't give you two. I've got the Aviation Space Writers Award, which were 58 nominees for that. Jeez. And it's the 20th anniversary of it. Uh, mine was ranked number one for the whole 20 years. Wow. And uh, a Marine, Steve Pless, major, Steve got the uh, Medal of Honor and the Aviation Space Writers Award for the same mission. And I would have gotten the, if they... If they are. If they were. But they wouldn't... And I, I did four missions I think I would have got the Medal of Honor for uh, because my last mission was to get Freeman's Cope out. It got shot down, and Freeman was on the way home, and he stopped and came back, and uh, we ended up going in together to to get uh, his Cope out and the crew out, and, and there were two other aircraft down in there. Wow. And so we, we were quite busy that day. Yeah, sounds like it. That's that's well, a pretty full day. Yeah, Freeman says, I'm going to fly it. And I says, Ed, we've been arguing about who's the best. We're not going to argue about this. I'm in charge. You're not flying it. You keep your hands off the controls, <laughs> and I'm flying it. And we're going to do just like I normally do. And I, if I have to get more aircraft, I do it on the radio. And uh, so uh, I, uh, Ed flew as my co-pilot for the only time in Vietnam. Wow. But he, was too t he wasn't even supposed to be in flying because he was too tall. <laughs> and uh, he got away with it. So I have to ask, as an engineer, you were in the topo and the engineer, I'm, I'm assuming you've donned a hard hat and you've seen the engineering feat that is going to be the Medal of Honor Museum in Arlington, Texas. Have you... Did, I heard that Huey had a hard hat too. He he, I haven't been able to get it. Uh oh. Uh, the 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 lady that was responsible for it is is on maternity leave. Oh, the and nerve. I saw the hat, and I left it to have him ship it to me. All right. So but so you and Huey have both donned both. a hard hat and seen the facility. What do you think? Well, and oh, uh, the grounds, the, all the construction. Facility. Yeah. So when you when you go to these events and you have all these different stories and all these all these fields of life, if I can carry the baseball analogy. But then you get to talk to other recipients of the Medal of Honor. Is there anyone who like particularly motivates you or inspires you, or is it you just look in the mirror and you inspire the young yourself? Ones, the younger the, ones, okay. The young ones are doing really well. Some of them are doing a lot better. And they, I catch those young ones and I give them good conduct medals. And uh, like Sal Gunta has uh -huh. three of them. Nice. Uh, and I wear one under my collar. Look at you. You just flashed uh, me your good conduct medal under yeah, the collar. I, I didn't love say that. I earned it. Well, that's okay. No, I, but I have it. It's a goal. Yeah, and I give it to them to, for them to realize that, you know, they, they, might, they might have earned this one, but it, if they have that one, they didn't earn it. Colonel, thank you so much. Snake, thank you so much for your time, and uh, thank you for sharing Huey with us, too. Well, some of my today. stories are true. That's all that, as yeah. long as there's a little bit of element, we're good. Yeah, okay, that's, that's good.
Snake, thank you again for joining us today, and we cannot tell you how honored and humbled we all are to have the opportunity to spend time with you and to hear firsthand about your life of service. If you want to learn more about the National Medal of Honor Museum, you can go and type in mohmuseum.org. That's mohmuseum.org. You can get the latest updates and find out about how you can help its mission to inspire America. That'll be it for us today. Join us next time on the Mission Inspire podcast. Thank you.